to another installment of the Quarantine Quorum as we all sit locked up and looking for interactions. I went and found my friends so we can talk a little bit about how we're handling the pandemic, how we're handling the offices, and I have four of my favorite people in the specialty. We're going to talk about how everyone's handling their office and, and kind of go give us some tips on what to do next as we look forward to this coming to an end. Deirdre, I'll start with you. I mean, how are you guys at Audubon handling the, the employees and lifting morale as well as what did we have to do with uh, managing the staff? We closed our office on the 16th. You know, we're in New Orleans and New Orleans is, is pretty epicentery and busy. So we closed on the 16th, saw the first urgent patient today in the office. And, you know, the staff has been really great and come together. One of the smart things I think we did early was we created a group me and so that we're, kind of texting and checking in on everyone every day and a little bit of fun, a little bit of serious office. And then we've done these Zoom meetings to keep the staff um, talking. Now we don't have many people working. We've been trying to pay everybody, but we've actually had a few people choose to go furlough. But right now we've got some people working super hard, you know, doing, trying to set up Teladerm, helping us with these small business loans. And then some people at home doing online stuff. And then some people have actually just chosen to furlough. And how about you know, your, your partners? Are they, it's basically across the board. Everyone's, you know, not in the office, right? Correct. Okay. Nancy, how about you? Because you're, you're in West Hollywood too. I mean, it's a little bit of a drive for a lot of patients to get to you anyway, but even still, they, you still have an office to run and, and the other office to run. Yeah. So we also closed on the 16th and my staff has also, several of them have chosen um, to go um, on unemployment um, because actually I have two nurse practitioners who are pregnant and oh. my concern is that they're not going to come, even if we are able to reopen in the next month, I'm assuming that they're not going to be coming back. One of them is giving birth, um, in June. So, oh, um, so when we do reopen, I think I'll be working uh, very, very hard to take care of all of our patients. But we also have a intra office communication system that we use called Slack. It's an app, it's HIPAA compliant, um, and we, we're trying to keep up the staff morale by just giving regular updates and talking to each other, continuing to support each other and say hello. Uh, we're trying to get some of our staff who are interested to continue to do things on social media. So we're doing some like tutorials on skincare. Uh, we're also doing complimentary skincare consultations for patients. I'm doing most of them, but some of our estheticians have volunteered to continue to communicate with patients and recommend products because we're selling products online. So now that's kind of become, my business has pivoted to becoming an online sales. Yeah. Um, I'm doing telemedicine for patients who are, um, who need treatment for acne and melasma and rosacea need prescriptions, but then we're recommending skincare products too. So I have two people still on salary and they're fielding a lot of the patient phone calls and emails right now. So that's good. And that's what I was going to post to all of you guys. I mean, doing telemedicine, especially for aesthetics, but also just regular patients must, must be at least some way to, to keep things flowing. Ashish, you and Jeff just opened, you know, a while back. I mean, how is that going, you know, as far as the, you know, the setup and everything else, but also the volume. Yeah, you know, um, we we also uh, kind of shut down the live visits and uh, switched to telemedicine, and it's it's actually been pretty good. So um, we've kept all the staff on, 
um, you know, we've cut down the hours, but we've kept everybody on and you know, everybody's got benefits and, and stuff. So, you know, I, I think it's important to, you know, keep everybody calm, you know, at, at a time like this and try not to change things too much. And so, you know, we're trying to hang in there and, um, you know, pay them. Uh, they're, we're, we're, we're using this time to do a lot of training because we do have a lot of new staff. As you said, we have a new, uh, newer office that we opened uh, recently. So, uh, so might as well take advantage of that time. So for the, for the newer staff, the more senior staff are doing Zoom trainings. And um, we're still doing, like I said, a lot of telemedicine consults, uh, acne follow-ups, all that kind of stuff. And then we're doing new cosmetic consults too. And I, I really love the idea of, I was probably going to have my esthetician do free cosmetic consults. We're still charging for our cosmetic consults, uh, Jeff and I are. Uh, but, you know, we usually charge for our cosmetic live consults and then apply half of it towards any treatment they're going to do. With this, we're going to apply 100% to if they come in to do any treatment. So okay. kind of change that up a little bit. Uh, try to, you know, because after you do the cosmetic consult, you want them in. And if you're applying the whole thing, they're, they're going to be a little more likely to come in. And it's another setting ahead for the, for if the floodgates do open. Yeah. You know, it, it, this is going to be over no matter what anybody thinks and how bad it looks now, at some point, this is going to be over and uh, you know, you want to be ready for that. And you know, that was the, uh, that was the whole point of trying to retain all of our employees too. Um, you know, we have a couple that are pregnant now, so they, they won't be coming back probably for a while. Um, there's a couple that, uh, you know, have somebody that's, you know, special needs or, uh, immunocompromised at home. So those people right away, we, we had them stop coming to the office. And then soon after we just had almost everybody stop coming. We yeah. do see emer emergency visits though, still, you know, and kind of stick with the, uh, guidelines, you know, if there's a bad cancer or invasive melanoma, we'll go in for those, but that's about it. Right. Well, Kevin, you got the two offices, one in downtown and one in Kankakee. I mean, how are you managing keeping those, or are those both closed also? Yeah, it's it's been uh, a little bit of a juggling act, and it sounds very similar to what we just heard from the other three participants here. Uh, primary office, as you said, is in Chicago, and, and the suburban one is an hour south. And right now, uh, there's three providers, myself and, and two physician assistants, with an ancillary staff of about 27. So the, the first step was basically putting everybody on furlough and uh, deciding what we needed to maintain the office for emergencies, again, such as what you heard from Ashish, uh, melanoma surgeries, bad skin cancers, and uh, filling prescriptions, et cetera. So with skeleton hours, we've kind of divided those up equitably between the staff where we have uh, two to three fac uh, uh, staff members in each office on any one day. And uh, virtually everybody but the office manager has been reduced from salaries to hourly employees and being paid for when they work. Um, and the majority of what I'm doing these days is, is teledermatology, which um, it's good, it's, it's fun. We're still interacting with patients, but it's by no means covering the overhead. I would say on average, we may see 10 to 15 at best uh, in a half day and uh, the, the fun thing is what we just started a week ago, which is these complimentary uh, virtual cosmetic consults. And um, again, it gets me back to a little bit more about my real passion is because generally 60 to 70% of what I do is cosmetic. So that, that's been good. I think the main thing, and you, you've heard this already, 
is really uh, communication, staying in touch with your patients, staying in touch with your staff. Um, you know, really, it's all about showing your empathy, being transparent, and being honest. And um, you've heard several techniques about staying in touch with your staff. We're doing that as well, having weekly Zoom huddles, which we just finished before this conference call, um, which uh, it, it's it's pretty emotional. Uh, you know, you hear about everybody's personal family crises that they're ongoing and how they're uh, pacing back and forth in the home and going stir crazy. So we, we realize that we're none of us are truly in this alone. Um, and, and as Ashish mentioned, we're, we're also uh, now really taking all those spring cleaning projects that we never had time to do. Yeah. Now is that time, uh, whether it's, you know, training new staff members on products and procedures or the big one that we're starting to undertake despite, you know, a drop in finances is we're trying to refresh and revamp our entire website, which, uh, we start that tomorrow, unfortunately. <laughs> so that's a good time to catch up on admin and so that's what we're doing is we, the roads are closed pretty much except for archiving and, admin and all the things that we have to do that normally gets in the way. You know, that I tell the staff, it's like, these are the things we normally say we don't have time to do. And truthfully, it, it, it sounds horrible, but it keeps them relevant, right? It keeps them indispensable. Mm -hmm. You mentioned, uh, Kevin, you brought up about overhead, and I'll ask all the four of you, have any of you taken advantage or been uh, contacted about the loans or any of the assistance programs for small business? We, uh, we did apply. We tried to file on Friday. And unfortunately, the bank was not ready until Tuesday morning. We used Chase, who we use as our business uh, banking facility. Um, it says we're in. We have a reference number. I hope we're in. There's no telling. We also applied for the uh, EIDL uh, uh, grant, uh, the $10,000, which will come off the PPP loan. But, um, you know, it, it remains to be seen how much will truly be forgiven. Yeah. How many of you others? Yeah, we we applied for for both. We applied for the EIDL, and our intention is to not cash that check. Our understanding is you have sixty days if you are approved for EIDL. So you know, as we sort of see what happens, because that one's maybe not as forgivable as the PPP. I can't believe that I know all of this. It's <laughs> been a huge bummer and not my favorite thing to do. But we did submit for the PPP and the EIDL, and. We haven't received any money yet, but um, hopefully. Well, that, that's that's how. And Nancy, too, with the employees that are pregnant and such, are they applying for any other kind of leave, like FMLA leave or anything else aside from what they're entitled to? Yeah, I actually, one of my patients who's pregnant, she had really severe um, nausea, what's it called, hyperemesis gravidarum. And she's actually been out. She was about to come back and start seeing patients again. She's been out since January. Oh. And so she's now able to get disability. Um, but my other pregnant patient who's giving birth sooner is she's just on unemployment. And actually, I have one other employee who just told me she's moving to the East Coast. <laughs> and she oh, had been God. planning it for a while. She was going to give us two months notice, but she's moving in May. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like... I, I mean, I feel understanding about it, of course, um, but it's it will be challenging because I know we'll be really busy when we're able to reopen. But yeah, I applied yeah. for all the loans, and yeah, it's more uh, that's more of the 
looking at all the financials is one of not my favorite things to do. It's a little shocking. And luckily, companies like Allergan have been uh, they're deferring payments, and I, I may think they're going to have to continue to do that. Um, thinking about how are we going to order more products if we already owe them a lot of money. So that brings up because you uh, brought up about dispensables and telemedicine and. Uh, Ashish, I'll even ask you, you're, you know, if, if you're trying to market the new practice, but you, and like you said, you're keeping patients engaged, what, what other strategies besides emails and calls? Is there social media platforms or are there other avenues to keep them engaged? What, what kind of things are you guys all doing? Yeah, you know, um, so, you know, we have the email list for our current patients. So we, we do send them kind of frequent updates about what's going on with the practice. Um, and then you know we we do do a little bit of social media and so i think this is a good time where we're putting together videos that you know our estheticians doing or pas are doing we're doing more educational stuff and getting it out there on social media just to just to you know have face-to-face -face, quote unquote with our patients and then and, and make sure they you know kind of know that we're there and and really not talking about anything except just educating them about uh, skin issues so so let me ask you guys all this. I mean, and obviously I'm much more medical than, than you guys are as far as aesthetic goes, but how, how do you keep the priorities of the current state of affairs with the pandemic with also the emphasis on what patients will need for their cosmetic uh, procedures, you know, going forward? And like you said before, all of you, this is going to end. And are you, are you lined up for getting patients in? Do you have enough supplies? And even more so is how do we kind of justify saying, all right, well, let's get back to fillers and, and toxins now that the virus is gone, right? So how, how would you guys handle those conversations with uh, patients and colleagues? Anybody start? I can take oh, I've already yeah, I can had take that. patients. Oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, probably same as you. I mean, patients are calling. I mean, I've got two texts that came in while we're on here that um, can you sneak me in for some toxin? I'm like, no, absolutely not. Um, there's, there's definitely no sneaking in for non, non-urgent procedures. So, um, you know, it's funny, I, I think some patients just really aren't taking it seriously either. And so, you know, I think it's our job to protect them. So as much as we can, and so, you know, kind of holding the line on that, but, you know, we're, we're kind of picking a date, putting a line in the sand and scheduling patients that mm -hmm. date we let them know is pretty flexible because we don't know how long this is going to last. And so they might end up getting rescheduled based on, you know, how long the stay at home orders go on. But uh, I think it's good to just go ahead and start booking. We have a list going, people are calling and they want to be first, but I think it's very important as doctors for us to really hold ourselves to the, the highest standard. And it's a nice chance, you know, to rise and, and be respectful of like this virus. So I think, it's important to, number one, obviously we're following the rules. We're following the recommendations of our government and patient safety is number one and absolutely no sneaking in of Botox because I've had the same thing, people asking. And then, you know, second, I think it's just um, a matter of being, when we're doing social media right now, we're spending, you know, we're having conversations. We have a call, a Zoom call with my social media girls after this, you know, just being respectful and not going, I've seen some videos of people injecting themselves at home. I think that's just, you know, wrong and disrespectful to all the, you know, frontline people right now. So I think during the crisis, it's important, like we're saying, like exactly what all you guys are saying, just education, talking about at-home skincare. I think that's reasonable, but maybe not getting too talking about injectables on social media right now. 
what, and Nancy, you brought up about like Allergan and uh, maybe deferring payments. Have, have some of the aesthetic companies reached out to all of you and said, okay, buy now for uh, getting ready so that, you know, things don't expire or is there any kind of, uh, I mean, obviously they, they want to keep their business end going too, but what kind of things have been going on behind that scene? I have to say I've been approached by a number of very aggressive laser reps lately. Mm. <laughs> As if I'm just dying to buy a $200,000 device right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're saying they have like the best deal ever. And I get it, they're all trying to keep their jobs too, but they've been super aggressive. I've had people trying to schedule meetings with me uh, over FaceTime since we're not in the office. Um, I haven't heard anybody from Allergan or Galderma saying that, but they're offering to replace any expired product. So that's good. I actually, I have a few products that are expiring next month and some of the products that I don't use as frequently. And so that's nice that they'll be replacing those. Yeah. yeah I, I agree with what Nancy just said. We, we've surprisingly heard from some of these companies that I don't recall ever hearing from and some that I have heard from much more frequently and more aggressively lately. Uh, but the uh, injectable company like Allergan is, I, I would say to me at least, possibly stood out more than any of the others that, that I've been in contact with uh, in regards to some of the um, deals that you've heard about taking back expired product from quarter two, as well as I, I think even going beyond just the injectables, but keeping us informed with webinars and reaching out weekly. Can, is there anything that we can do from the BSM consultant standpoint? Uh, what can we do to help train your staff, phone, con, uh, phone training, et cetera? So it, it's, it's things like these that really make a difference and that you remember, uh, you know, weeks and months down the road. Let me ask you guys, is it the recent New York Times article about practices staying open and specifically dermatology practices staying open was, as, as, again, another black eye at, uh, at us. I mean, how have you guys been handling any calls about, well, this practice is open, why can't you be open or anything like that? I mean, obviously we've, We've heard the same in the in the, the governance about how do we handle this from a PR standpoint. But what what do you guys have to uh, have answers for? You know, Deirdre, I'll start with you. I mean, if 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 you had to be asked about that, what what's your answer? Well, I would start by saying I'm going to follow my government, and and I do think there's a gray area of what is urgent and what is essential, and I think time will tell how long we're closed down makes a difference and, and how long can you wait, like Ashish mentioned, for a melanoma. You know, I don't want to wait that long for a melanoma. I don't want to, I have had, I've got, I had two patients today on telemed that had super weird rashes that I definitely would like to biopsy. So what I would say is this is not a time for total body skin exams for the worried well. It's not a time for cosmetic procedures under any circumstances. And I think the governance of AAD and ASDS you know, should be standing up and supporting those of us who are, who are not doing that, because I think that's what's reasonable. I think we're doctors and we have to, you know, act like doctors. But right. I don't think closed is real. And I, I've been very impressed with that TBCD group that they, you know, I, I posted my two cases today. I had a case, weird vascular lesions on a palm and then some weird SCLE-like eruption that just came up. And so these are real these are real things, and these people need doctors and they need answers, and we don't want them you know, going to urgent cares because they're going to, and when they go to urgent cares for easy stuff in easy times. And so I think that we shouldn't be closed, but I think we just need to be respectful. Yeah. 
Kevin. I think those are, are great comments. Um, and I, I would agree 100%. I want to be able to look back and say, again, that we didn't do anything wrong. We uh, uh, abided by what our re recommendations are from the government, from our societies. We don't want to put our patients at risk. And we certainly don't want to put staff at risk as well. I don't know that I could sleep at night if, if one of my staff members ended up getting sick uh, due to an exposure in the office. And it's just not worth it. But by the same token, if there is something that really does need to be seen, we take appropriate precautions. Uh, patient is screened appropriately, they're given a mask, staff is given a mask, uh, cleaning of, of all surfaces uh, is absolutely done between each patient. Um, you know, to a certain extent, it's probably stuff we should be doing all along anyway, but we're better at it now than ever before. But we, we, we just wanna do what's right.